Welcome, everyone, to Element City Church, from our house to yours. We're so glad to have you joining us. In fact, if you're in your living room right now, I want you to turn to someone right next to you. And if you're by yourself, just give knuckles to yourself to say, hey, welcome to church. Welcome to church. Glad to have you here. Uh, now, welcome again. I'm just so thrilled to have you here, especially if you're new. Uh, thanks for checking us out online. Thanks for being a part of this journey and adventure of Church Online. Uh, we want to just let you know a few different things. If you have not downloaded our app, and if you're online, we have some amazing hosts who will work with you. In the top right corner, you can download the app. You can fill out a connection card, uh, and we'd love to have you. We travel light. You can get everything from different uh, song set lists that we go over here to the messages to uh, announcements of things that are coming up. So we'd love for you to join us to be a part of that. Uh, as well as just welcome to the, the foundation series that we started last week. We'll continue with that. Pastor David's going to lead us tonight. And uh, as we continue to move forward in this whole COVID season, we have a special announcement, uh, two different announcements we want to give you tonight. One is, as we continue to move forward together as a church, we wanted to create some gatherings where we could just worship and pray together. So, the next three Friday nights, we are asking, if you want to be a part of this, to join us in our church courtyard right outside behind me in this wall to join us here at the church campus in the courtyard Friday night at 7 p.m. All the information is in the app. If you click on events, you'll find that. Uh, and we're just going to take some time to worship and pray and ask God to continue to heal us, lead us forward as we mourn and comfort one another as we kind of seek God's wisdom as we move forward. So the next three Friday nights, you can find information about that in the app, as well as tonight we are announcing, drum roll, we are bringing back in-person services beginning September 13th, so the Sunday after Labor Day weekend. We will have in-person services back here in the house, uh, and we want to welcome you to that. There's no RSVP. We'll still be practicing physical distancing. We're asking you to wear a mask when you're here just to love your neighbor well. Uh, we will not be having e-kids programming at this moment, but we're working with our volunteers and trying to assess and evaluate when we can start that back later this fall. With kids still out of school, we're kind of doing our due diligence and assessment of how we can get that going again. But September 13th and on, you can join us here in person, or some of you are asking, well, what if I'm not ready for that yet? That's fine. Right here on digitally, where we are, we'll still be. And so you can be a part of us right in your living room and uh, be a part of Element City Church. So whether you're ready to come back or whether maybe not quite ready yet, we want to accommodate and let you know we love you, and you'll be a part of Element City Church wherever you are, whether here in the house or whether from your house. And so... Just want to let you know about that. All the information for that is updated currently on our website. So if you forget all of this, just go to our app or go to the website and you can find that and get your questions answered. So feel free to reach out to us if you have some of those questions as well. Now, as we begin tonight, we're making up for a couple weeks of our Church of the Week that we're praying for. And we want to lift up uh, this week, Tucson uh, Church International, my friend Demetrius Miles, who's pastor there. And Rincon Valley Cowboy Church, my friend Joe, who I went to seminary with, is there leading that church. And so would you join me as we pray for them, pray for us, and our evening tonight. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we thank you for the opportunity to gather. Whether it's in person or whether it's digitally, God, the fact that we get to be together, connected to you. 
living out and leaning into the dream of church and what it's meant to be and how it builds us up as well as how it encourages us and sends us out to build others up. We pray for your blessing over this evening that whether we're here or whether we're in our, our living room, God, that your spirit would meet us and encourage us right as we need it. We do lift up uh, Tucson Church International and Demetrius and his team there. We pray your blessing over them, wisdom for them. God, provide the resources and the, the needs that they have. God, would you meet that? Would you continue to whisper the vision and mission that you have and let them leverage their their aspects and everything of who they are to, to meet the needs of the people around them, to be a dynamic and vibrant church. We pray your same for uh, uh, Joe's church, God, for uh, the Cowboy Church. We, we know it's a different demographic, and so we pray that you would leverage them to reach those in the Rincon Valley. We pray your blessing over them in all ways. God, tonight, we want to lean into you and worship, and so we give these next few moments as we look into your word, as we worship God. Would you meet us in a special and profound way, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. I worship you. 
light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Sing it out. We make miracle worker, promise keep light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Even when I don't see that you're working, even when I don't feel that you're working, you never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop. Tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence, 
Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever see. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live
Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 says, says this. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Friends, wherever you're at, we're gonna sing that bridge again. And I want you to know that there is an amazing architectural plan that God is developing in the form of his kingdom. And we all play a part of that. What an amazing thing to think about. And that word together, and in him you two are being built together. I mean, guys, I look around and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for, for God's church, for this church, friends, and I just pray that we all find that spot in, this, in his beautiful and grand architecture to accomplish his purpose and his will. Amen. So we're going to sing that together again, and, and I want you to pray that for your life. I'm going to pray it for my life, and we're going to see where God takes it. Father God, we praise you. We worship you. You're so worthy of our praises and, and what little we have to give sometimes, Lord. And Father, I pray that you, you would accomplish your purpose through us. That as this, as this kingdom, this temple is built, that we get, to, we get to be a little block, we get to be a little part of with the skills that you've gifted us to. Lord, as that building rises, God, I pray that those around us would see it and just say, wow, I want to be a part of that.
Sometimes you just got to declare that. I will build my life upon Jesus Christ. And I trust that he will keep me. I trust that he will build something in me. And I trust he'll build something through me and those around me and us together. In the, in the times of doubt, in the times of question, in the times of, of, of shifting, I encourage you, take the time in prayer to declare your trust, to declare your allegiance, and to know that there is hope in what we are a part of. Know that God is building something and no one can stop it. And he is inviting us to build with him. And this is something we're gonna talk about today and, and in the weeks ahead about how to go back to the foundation, right? In times like these, uh, in times in the, in the church where, again, we look at our culture, we look at our world and there's a lot going on and in our own church and in our own lives. And in these kind of times, you need to just quiet your spirit, quiet your heart, and you get back to the main and the plane of what Jesus Christ has called us to, about what he has built in us and through us. You see, the church is really the crown jewel of Jesus' mission, of why he came to the earth. In fact, after the crucifixion, three days later, that explosive power of the Holy Spirit raising Jesus back from the dead and giving him a new body. It's new creation, new creation life. Behold, all things now have passed and all things now begin new in Jesus. And after 40 days of teaching them about the kingdom and, and, and kind of putting the final touches on who they are and what they are and what he has built into them already, they then watch him ascend. They watch him take the throne of David. They, they watch him sit down at the right hand of the Father. And the first command, as far as we can understand, and, and you can go to Daniel 7, you can go to Revelation 4 and 5, and see this depicted, this, this ascension and this seating of Jesus on the throne. When he gets there, with all the angels shouting, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He then says, my first act as king is to send the spirit and birth something new that we call the church. That is what the church is and that is what we are. We are his, you see, you see the promises of old, all in the Old Testament, if you go back to the stories, if you go particularly back to the prophets, when they begin to speak about how God was gonna restore things, right? The two biggest promises and blessings that came to Israel was the land and it was the temple. The land was their inheritance, it was their provision, it was their, their place where God said he was gonna keep them safe and protect them so that they could raise their families, they could raise their lives and they could live out in peace and in love and in order as God intended life to be lived. And then he says, I'm also promising this temple to be built and I'm gonna dwell with my people there. And so the two biggest blessings, the two biggest promises were the land and the temple. 
And of course, both of those things, those promises got, got taken away. They, they got taken out of the land, and even when they returned to the land, it wasn't the same because now they were being ruled over by enemies. Their lives were not able to be put back the way it was before. And the temple too, it was destroyed and God's presence left. And of course, eventually they rebuilt it. Herod the king actually built it in an attempt to kind of show himself to be somebody. But God never blessed that temple. He never came and filled that temple. When Jesus died on the cross and it says the veil was rent, guess what? What it was revealing. It wasn't God leaving. He had never returned. It was revealing that inside that temple, it was empty. It was void. And that God's promise of building a new temple was still yet to come some 50 days or so later. And that's who we are. So we're going to read a passage of scripture. Go ahead and break out your Bibles as I break out mine. It's a piece of paper. I have more of these at home, so it's a whole Bible. But here I just have this passage. And uh, I think this passage, I I wasn't intending to to go over this or to read this, but I just felt as the week went on, more and more God began to bring it to my mind. And kind of something very similar happened with Gabe as he read the scriptures he read. And so our scriptures, you would think we, we coordinated this, but it was not coordinated by us, but I do believe it was coordinated by the Lord. And so here we go. Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. And the Corinthian church had been planted about four years or so prior to this writing of this letter. And there was an explosion of the Holy Spirit in this church. There was an explosion of transformed lives, of healings, of prophetic words, of people coming to Christ. It seems that this church was growing quite rapidly. So much so they began to multiply their house churches. It wasn't a one church kind of deal. When Paul was writing this letter to the church in Corinth, it was multiple house churches in the city. And it was multiplying and God's power and love was being explosive in that place and through those people. And because of that, they actually quickly began to think they were pretty good. Like, like hey, we're pretty smart. We're pretty wise. Uh, man, we're, we're walking in the fullness of the Spirit, and we're seeing the Holy Spirit do all kinds of things. We're preaching the gospel, and people are coming to Christ. Like, everything on the outward kind of looked like this was it. Like, this is the church, man. This is doing the stuff. But then Paul begins to write. And we got more writings to this church than any other church that we know of. Not only Paul, uh, just for those who may want to research this, Paul only wrote, uh, he only wrote to the same church twice to Corinthians. We got 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians to the same city, to the same group of churches. And then a a few years after that, uh, Clement, a a, a disciple of Paul's, wrote a letter also to the same group of churches. And you see the same problems occurring over and over and over again. And it's what Paul's writing about. And the reason I say all that is because these issues are not new. They weren't new then. They aren't new now. And so we need to really pay attention to this scripture. And again, I'd I'd encourage you to go back and read 1 Corinthians 1 through 4. It's the first main problem that he deals with. And he spends more time here than on any of the other issues that he talks about later, whether in 1 Corinthians or 2. So it's very important that we listen to this word. Here's Paul to the church. In my own case, my dear family. You see, Paul saw himself as a father. That's the way he cared for the church. 
uh, many of the most famous uh, men who were leading the church in the first three, four hundred years of the church, they were called church fathers. They weren't, church, they weren't called great theologians, even though they were. They weren't called great teachers, even though most of them were. They weren't called great evangelists, any, even though most of them did evangelism as well. They were called the early church fathers. And that's how Paul sees himself with the church. And that's how we need to look at the church as a dear family to be cared for. He says, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual people, meaning people without the Holy Spirit. That's what that term means. Yeah, like I wanna talk to you as if you've received the Spirit. Now again, remember, they're seeing miracles. They're getting prophetic words. They're speaking in tongues and, and just, just unleashing them in the service. <laughs> they're having fun with tongues. They're doing all kinds of things in the Spirit. And then to their shock, their father writes them and says, I wish I could write to you as if you had the Spirit. This was quite a shocking statement to them. But as people who, are, uh, who were all too obviously merely human, little babies in the Messiah, he basically called them bottle-sucking babies. That's what he called them. That, that's the connotation there. Now, that's a pretty harsh statement. Two pretty harsh statements statements from their spiritual father it's like you guys don't even have the spirit and not only that you're not very mature either you're you're still like babies this got their attention trust me i fed you with milk not solid food because you weren't able to take it and you still can't even now you're still determined to live in the old way yes wherever there is jealousy and quarreling doesn't that mean you're living in the old way, behaving as any merely human being might do? In other words, how did Paul define spirit-filled? And how did he define maturity in the church? You see, I believe God is calling this church to grow up. It's not a very old church. And, and every church goes through cycles. Every church goes through growing pains, just like a relationship, just like a marriage, just like a family. You know, you start out in the honeymoon phase, right? For those of you out there, maybe that were a part of the honeymoon phase of this church. It was all exciting. I've been a part of a few church plants myself. I know the feeling. It's all exciting. Everything's new. You're dreaming big and we all love each other and man, God's gonna do great things and we're seeing God do great things and it just seems like, man, honeymoon stuff, right? We're ready to tell all the other churches how to do it, right? Isn't that what young married couples sometimes do, right? They, they hit it off really good. They're loving each other. It's exciting. They look around at the old crusty marriages and think, man, they don't even know what they're doing. Like, man, we got this. Right? That's how we can get. That's the cycle that churches go through. But about three, four years in, everything begins to calm down and settle down into some kind of regular rhythm. And when that does, all of a sudden, little things start getting on your nerves about the other person, about the other people in the church. And there begins to be dissension there begins to be jealousy there begins to be rivalry that's what that word that Paul's using there it, it, it means hot some of you are getting hot with jealousy you're getting all fired up at one another you, you're they're starting to challenge each other 
And ultimately, as he says in this next line, now you're starting to boast of who your leaders are. Well, we're, we're behind Apollos, we're behind Paul, and, and, and therefore we're more spirit-filled, we're more mature, we're, we're, we're doing better than the other ones. And, it's, and they, I want you to, listen, this goes all the way back to Cain and Abel. When Abel's sacrifice was received by the Lord, and then Cain's wasn't, it's the same word, the, the equivalent Hebrew word is used, Cain became hot. He became jealous. He became envious. He became to look at Abel as his rival. That's where the term sibling rivalry comes from, right? In sports, we all like a good rivalry, right? It, get, it makes everything a little more exciting. You know, every, yeah, you know, everybody gets into it a little more when it's a real rivalry. Well, that's all fine and dandy in sports. But in a marriage, in a church, we can't have any of that. In fact, we've got to be rooting that the other one would win. We got to be preferring each other above ourselves. Whatever we think we might want, or, or positions, or ministry, or whatever, we should be hoping that others get it either before us, or more than us, or just as much as us. Never rivalry. And that's what Paul's speaking to. And he spends four chapters speaking into this issue. And again, I can't go into all the depths, but he, he's, he's pinpointing something in their midst that he says, this is why I'm calling you bottle-sucking babies. Because you got rivalries. You got jealousies. And you got quarrelings. He's when, when someone says, I'm with Paul, and someone else says, I'm with Apollos, are you not mere humans? In other words, humans void of the Holy Spirit is what he's chiding them with. Now you see, they had become very much acquainted with the Spirit, and they had boasted about it. This is some of the same problems that he gets into later in chapters. And Paul is digging at that pride. He's digging at it and saying, you know what? You appear to be just humans without the Spirit because of these things. So what do you suppose Apollo actually is? What do you think Paul is? I tell you, servants. And in the context here, not just any old kind of servant. One of the lowliest kinds, the ones that worked out in the field. And you'll see that as here as he goes. He goes, through whom you came to faith, each one as the Lord gave. I planted, Apollos watered, but it was God who gave the increase. It follows that the person who plants isn't anything special. And the person who waters isn't anything special. What matters is God who gives the growth. The person who plants and the person who waters are just the same. And each will receive his own reward according to his own work. We are God's fellow workers. You see, you are God's farm. You are his land. And you are God's building. You are God's temple. You see, when God says, I'm going to eventually restore you to the land, and I'm going to restore the temple and fill it, it was no longer going to be geog geography. It was no longer going to be a building of mortar and brick and gold and silver and these kinds of things. It was going to be in the heart of his people. And he was going to build them up together. He was going to plant in them the Holy Spirit and see that bear fruit, all of them together, doing it in unity, doing it in love. And when that begins to happen, Paul points to those kinds of things and says, you see, God is restoring us the church is supposed to be the place where people get restored, where land is returned, and the presence of God returns to the temple.
according to God's grace, I laid the foundation like a wise master builder. And someone else is building on it. Everyone should take care how they build on it. Nobody can lay any foundation you see except the one which is already laid, which is Jesus the Messiah. If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, grass, or straw, well, everyone's work will become visible because the day will show it up since it will be revealed in the fire. Then the fire will test what sort of work everyone has done. Notice something very key here. It's your work that's being tested. What kind of materials are you using? Not the result of your work. That's not what's being tested. What's being tested is the quality of your work. The kind of work you're doing. Is it of a gold, silver, and precious stone type? Or is it a hay, wood, and stubble type? In other words, is it a type that on judgment day will stand the test? It will show itself to be in Christ and through Christ and for Christ. Or will it show itself to be about rivalries? Will it show itself to be about selfishness? Will it show itself to be about you? To be about what you want? To be about what you thought? To be about your ministry? To be about what you wanted to see happen? That's what he's talking about here. And he's telling them and he's telling us, you better be careful. You better pay attention to this. He says, if the building work has that someone has done stands the test, they will receive a reward. If someone's work is burned up, they will be punished by bearing the loss. They themselves will be saved, however, but only as through the fire. The idea here, once again, is of inheritance. You see, one day every one of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for every word, thought, and deed. And this is a driving truth for Paul everywhere he goes and every church he speaks to and every church he plants, every way he pastors them, everything he does is in light of one day standing before Jesus and saying, I did it just like you did it. I loved just like you loved. I gave my life just like you did. And Paul, when he finished his race, he declared that. I know I did it. And the question is, do you have that confidence? Do you really right now, if if you were to stand before Jesus, you could clearly know and boldly know, I did it. I fought the good fight. I laid down my life every single day, every week, every month, every year. I was looking to serve the church. I was looking to build up people. I was looking to to love them and prefer them above myself. I, I was constantly after that. Now sure, I might have made some mistakes along the way, but my overall drive and purpose and constant pursuit was to lay down my life for his church and build up the church so that Jesus could be glorified. Paul had that confidence. And trust me, as a, as a pastor, I feel like probably my, my highest job is to prepare you all for the judgment seat of Christ. If I could ensure anything for you, I would ensure that on that day, Jesus would be saying, well done, good and faithful servant to every single one of you. If that were to happen, then I know I did my job. Do you see, that? That's the, that's the business of building up the church. That's the business of building up the temple is to ensure that none of you lose your inheritance. 
None of you lose on that day of judgment where what you did and what you said and what you stood for was shown to be hay, wood, and stubble. In other words, it wasn't rooted in Christ. It wasn't done for Christ. It was done for selfish gain. Let's continue to read. He says, don't you see you are God's temple? God's spirit lives in you. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy them. You better be careful how you build people. And by build, I mean building people. How are you building people? How are you building relationships? How are you building unity in the church? How, how are you fortifying it? How are you praying for it? How are you laying your life once again down for her just as he laid his life down for you? That's the question every day. That should wake you up in the morning and that should be the thought on, in your head when you lay on, on the pillow. Up and all day long, dwelling and meditating on Jesus and how to love and how to serve. Don't let anyone deceive themselves in this regard is what he's saying. If anyone among you supposes to be wise in the present age, let them become foolish so that they can become wise. The wisdom of this world you see is folly with God. This is what the Bible says. He catches the wise in their trickery. And again, the Lord knows the thinking of the wise. He knows that it's all a sham. Don't get wise in your own eyes. I don't care if a million people want to hear you preach. That matters nothing. I don't care if you make records and you, you, you know, everybody knows you as a great worship leader. Everybody thinks that Element City Church is a great church. None of that matters on that day. The quality, not the quantity, not what everybody chatters about, not what everybody talks about, not what everybody boasts about as the world boasts, but what will the Lord boast in? I remember, right, we remember a story of Jesus. All the high uppity ups, right, are all there, giving their money, declaring their praises and their devotion to God. And it's a time for every, it's a, you know, it's a who's who. It's a who's who moment. All the big pastors are there at the conference. And everybody's kind of, well, my church, right? My church, my ministry, this happens, trust me. It's horrible. This is real stuff. And Jesus is in one of those moments. And then there's this little beggar girl comes in and gives her last two cents. And Jesus is, now there's some gold. That's how you build. I want all you guys to pay attention to what this lady just did. You all are giving out of your surplus. She gave everything she had. That's what Jesus is looking for. He's the Lord of this church and every church that has ever existed. And he is looking and he is saying, come learn of me Learn to build like I have built. Just as Paul is saying, I became a wise master builder so that I could build what Jesus gave me charge over. And that's the call to every one of us. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you think you are. You are his temple. You have received the spirit and now he's calling you to build up his church. That's what this is about. And when we all do that, there's joy, there's peace, there's love, and the world then sees a light. 
They see the darkness. They see the news just like you do. When will we make the news for the good things that we do and not the bad? When will we make the news for what we're for versus what we're against? When will we begin to really get back and focus in on the main and the plain, which is Jesus Christ? To proclaim him in simplicity of truth and to walk as he walked, to serve as he served, and to love as he loved. This is what Paul was talking about to the Corinthian church. They looked really good on the outside. They were growing. There was all kinds of spiritual manifestations. They, they, they were growing in all kinds of ways, but they weren't excelling in love. They weren't excelling in keeping unity. They begin to divide up. They begin to be prideful. They begin to get hot with one another. They begin to create rivalries. And we as a church can't let that happen here. And we should be working to make sure it doesn't happen across our city and beyond. We're constantly focused on that and saying, Jesus, what can I do? What can I say? How can I serve? To make sure I'm building with gold, silver, and precious stones on the foundation that is Jesus Christ. Let us pray. What a glorious moment, Jesus, when you sent forth the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. You even proclaimed it before that moment. You said, there's coming a day I will build my church and the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it. And there lies the day. The day of Pentecost was the day that he said, here it is. It's coming in my very presence. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, he's coming that through my command and through the Father's promise and through the Father's word all the way back in Genesis, now is the time, now is the moment to restore people back to the land and to build a temple that will never ever be destroyed again. To build a temple that will be so glorious and far exceed anything else that has ever been built by the hands of men. Because this temple will be built by the hands of God himself. And we are that temple. Lord, we declare, we will build on this foundation and we will not be shaken because of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
that we serve a God who's able, able to use each one of us and the skill sets and abilities and passions and dreams that he's put within you, that he's put within us, and each of us contributing to build into and onto the foundation of Jesus. That's what we're invited into as a church, for each of us to play a role, to build with the right materials, with the right heart, into something beautiful that God uses to put on display his heart, his ways, his hope. So we get to do that together. So let's do that. Let's give ourselves to that. As as a part of building into this, we've just invited you um, for a couple different things. If you're new with us tonight, uh, I can't tell you how proud I am of you being here. I, I know it takes courage, even online, to come to something maybe that's different. Maybe you're on your own spiritual journey, and maybe you've never thought about the fact that God actually wants to use you to be a part of building into something bigger than you. Friend, we invite you to come be a part of that. And, and so if you're new, maybe you're just a part of the Elements family, you're feeling disconnected, we want to invite you to a Zoom hangout that's happening as soon as we finish up here. Uh, the link will be put in by your host right there. You can just click that, go. Just anybody who's a part of the Elements family, we'd love to hang out with you. We invite you again uh, the next three Fridays. Um, the information's in the app. 
Uh, we'd love for you just to be a part of a worship and prayer night with us as we pray and seek God to, to leverage us together to build into his dream. September 13th, we're back to in-person services, availability here. We'll continue online, uh, and we've got some other opportunities coming for that. And tonight, I just want to close uh, in prayer, just a blessing over us. Uh, I'm not only praying that God would use us to build wisely and to build well, uh, but also to build into some key people in our community who are building into the next generation. Um, as you can imagine, teachers and administrators, it's a challenge right now, isn't it? If you're a teacher, raise your hand, you know. Uh, and so teaching to a camera, uh, sometimes really challenging, but I want you to know that what you do matters. It really does. And so as we start the school season, we just want to pray a blessing over you as a teacher and our administrators at schools around our city, the city we love. And so would you join me in prayer? God, we want to pray that you would use us as a church, each of us individually contributing, participating in building on the foundation of Christ with the calling and skill sets and abilities you put within us. May you build something beautiful here, God. And Father, as we close tonight, we want to ask just a special blessing over all the teachers and administrators around our city as they're navigating a difficult, challenging season trying to invest teach and build into the next generation. We pray your favor upon them. God, would you give wisdom to administration and leaders of school districts of when the right time to gather again. And, and God, for teachers getting up every single day, trying to teach you someone who's not in, in the room is a challenge. And so we pray that tomorrow and this week, you would bless them in a way that what they do matters. And would you refresh them? to pour into our next generation. We pray just a special blessing over them this week. Collectively as a church, we want to be for our schools, for our next generation. May we grow and be known more and more as a church who's for what you're for, God. So we ask your blessing over our city. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, if you want to hang out for Zoom, feel free to do that. Check the app. And, for, and the website for all the updated information. Thanks for being with us tonight. We'll see you back next Sunday. Thanks, friends.